0: Wealth Within offers a range of investment and educational services to help you secure your financial future. Whether you're an aspiring trader or simply want to increase the strength of your portfolio, Wealth Within are dedicated to maximising your investment returns. Welcome to Learn Share Market Basics Part 7. We've talked about listed companies, about why they list on the stock exchange, and talk about a couple of different things. The market price here, now when you're going to buy a share with the broker, you've got things like um, the bid and the offer. Now I know the bid is what somebody's willing to pay for that company, and so therefore, for company is the last sale price, uh, which is what they call the market price, which is the last price that has been sold at on that day, and these are which which is the shares trade on the ASX or the most. Uh, so therefore, if the market's closed, it's the most recent price. So the closing price for the, the previous day. So you'll always see that. Um, so the market price is the last sale. The offer is, or the offer or bid, is really what somebody's willing, the offer is what somebody's willing to sell their shares for, and the bid is what somebody's willing to pay for their shares. So let's say the last sale was $10, and you own those shares, my bid may be $10 and one, and your offer may be $10 and two. So you want $10 and two share, cents, $10 and two cents for that share, And I'm only going to want to pay you $10 a month and the market price was $10. And that's really those those there. We can also get into things like off-market transfers. This happens all the time in the industry where, and I know people ask me this question quite regularly, why did the stock go, you know, what happened overnight? at It was at four o'clock, it was like this, and then then afterwards it just jumped or it fell away. And you see all the volume, you know, during the day I saw the volume, but then the next morning the volume would just, just, unexplainably spiked and this is what they call off market transfers now after four o'clock they have what they call the matching which generally lasts for about you know 15 20 minutes or about 20 past four which is normally institutions like us like i can place large trader, let's say i might put a million dollars onto bhp at four o'clock and to go into the matchup and so then other institutions are doing the same thing and, and the market keeps trading. No more, no more um, trades are allowed to get entered in. They just match everything up. and so they get. But you also get off-market transfers where you might have an AMP going to AXA saying, we want BHP and AXA saying, well, we want to get rid of it. And they just transfer it between themselves off-market. So it's the transfer of shares between parties without using a stockbroking firm as the intermediary. So they agree to do the off-market transfers, and these generally are executed through the use of an Australian Standard Transfer Form. Like, for example, if, again, we'll talk about BHP. You own BHP. I want to buy it from you. You You'll make you be sitting in a pub having a beer, and i go, look, I'll buy those off you. We agree on a price. We get one of these forms, uh, the Australian Standard Transfer Form. We fill it all out with all your holder numbers and everything else, what price you're selling it for. I put all my holder numbers on there, what price I want to pay for. We both sign the form. We send it off to the registrar of that company um, and I exchange the money to you and you're happy I'm happy I've got the shares and the ASX and no broker is in uh, has anything to do with it the only thing we'd have to pay would be if there's any tax applicable to that and um, or GST uh, which is really not because we don't have it we used to have um, stamp duty on shares which we don't have that anymore so it would only be GST on a transaction which is normally with the broker so it'd be pretty much free for us to do all that sort of stuff um, a couple of other things before I finish up um, we're talking about uh, price earnings ratios you'll see that in newspapers all the time um, it shows the number of times the price covers the earnings per share so if the, if the price um, price earnings ratio let's say the price is $10 and the dividend is $1 was well, basically when you divide the, the one into the how many times the price covers the earnings per share so the earnings is $1 per share so that would be ten so ten times one dollar is your ten dollars to get to the share so it's a pretty simple ratio to work out Um, we've got things like price range for the day which is worked out between the highest and lowest price traded for that share over the course of the day so what what the highest price anybody paid for that day and what the lowest price somebody accepted that day the difference is the the range for a day um probably one thing i actually i don't think i've actually spoken about on these series is really the ex-dividend date of a, of a dividend. I know in, in a prior podcast, I talk about different things like franking credits and what a dividend yield is and uh, et cetera. And, and obviously we need to talk about the dividend yield. Um, and I need to talk about a b- little bit about that before I talk about X dividend date, but I know it's a confusing thing. Now, dividend yield is the percentage or the dividend is shown as percentage of the last sale for the share. Now, you need to really uh, listen to that one carefully. It's the percentage of the last sale price for this share. so with companies they generally pay dividends twice a year so um, and it may be let's say february and september um, which may, a lot of companies do february and september for their dividend yield now let's say for example telstra uh, at the moment it's paying roughly a 10 percent dividend yield that means in theory you're getting five percent in each one and so so they're paying half of that at each time roughly now the 10 percent is related to the current share price or the last sale price for the share. Now, for example, if you have bought, and I'll I'll simplify this down into dollars and cents for you in a second. So for example, if you buy a share, it's $10 and the dividend paid is $1, that means you're getting paid a 10% dividend yield. Now, if that share goes to $20 and they're still paying $1 dividend, your dividend is now expressed as a percentage of $20 which means your dividend yield would now be 5%, but you're still getting the same amount. If the share actually drops from $10 to $5, and you're still getting paid a dollar, now that $1 is represented as 20% of the dividend yield. So the thing is with a lot of people with Telstra, and there's a lot of people still holding Telstra 1 uh, and Telstra 2, and obviously Telstra 3. So their actual dividend yield is not exactly what's in the paper. And this is where, as I said, it gets confusing for a lot of people. So if you bought Telstra at, let's say you bought Telstra, Telstra's roughly you know, $2.60 or something, I think at the moment, but let's say you bought Telstra at $5, you're not getting a 10% dividend, you're probably getting a 5% dividend yield. And that's what I'm saying is people don't realise, they, they just think what's in the newspaper is exactly what they're getting. So uh, please don't do that. Um, it's all relative to the price that you actually paid to what the dividend is. Uh, So the paper can be misleading for you. The ex-dividend date is also another important thing that you need to know about dividends in that to be entitled to a dividend of of a share, a shareholder must, and and the word is must, purchase the share prior to the company's ex-dividend date. If you buy on or after the ex-dividend date, you are not entitled to receive the current dividend. The share price, and you also be, need to be aware, the share price may fall on the ex-dividend date relative to the amount of the dividend being paid. So if the dividend's 10 cents, you may see the share fall by 10 cents, which is the amount of the dividend. Now you'll see, sometimes you'll see come dividend as far as um, expressed in newspapers or, or in a, on a website that um share is come dividend and obviously then you see x dividend come dividend means it hasn't even announced its dividend it's before the dividend if you buy it and there's also things such as the 45 day rule you must hold the share at risk for 45 days to be entitled to the franking credits that's sort of stopping um a practice that used to happen called dividend stripping where people would buy into the share you know the day or so before it paid a dividend get the dividend and then they'd sell it two days later um just so they could get the dividend and, and have very very little exposure to the risk of the share and that was going on. So now they have this 45-day rule where you must hold it at risk, which means if you buy it and buy some put options underneath it to protect it from falling, that's not holding that share at risk. So you have to be very careful and if you're a bit unsure of that, you need to speak to your broker and do a little bit more research at it. But as that if you want to be part of the dividend um, in the February or the September for any, any share that you own, you need to be holding it for at least 45 days at risk and be holding it when or prior to it going ex-dividend. And so that's really some of the the major things that we're looking at. I'm just looking at my piece of paper here that I've got all sorts of things on that I I said I'd probably talk about. Um, We've talked about seats. We've talked about the indexes. We've talked about floats, I believe, um, from that point of view. um, And and people know my thoughts on... um, floats and what they are about you know, tell me, uh, just to reiterate I actually don't buy floats uh, generally it's very very rare that I would ever look at buying floats simply because I think they're much better to buy them um, once they've already floated and you might like to look uh, I did a, an article for the Australian Stock Exchange I think it was October 2010 And it was on floats, and so you can go and read that newsletter in October 2010. I believe you can link to it from my website out of my blog, I believe. But very good reading for there. Um, Probably just to finish up, I'll talk a little bit about slippage, which happens often uh, as well, you know, some people say. You know, I wanted to buy this share at, at X price, but then it, it, you know, I wanted to sell it at X price, but then it didn't trade at that price. And I got, it cost me more to buy it or it cost me, it cost me money when I got out of it because I got less than what I thought. Slippage is part of the Australian Stock Exchange. And, and really it's a difference in price, but where you want to enter and exit a stock and where you actually enter and exit from a stock. And. The stocks you more see that on is things like BHP and Rio. And those stocks that are traded overseas as well, you might see it closed. Let's like, see, so you might see BHP closed today at $45 and it might open up tomorrow at $47. And you think, oh, I want to buy it at $45. And you put the order in at $45 and automatically it's trading at 47 And if you've got an at-market order on, you'll get it at 47 So there's some slippage there. And the inverse is if you're actually selling it for them. So, um And really, and, and probably the last thing I want to bring up in this... Um, share market basics uh, is really total return or the and this is the combination of income that you get or what your return is from dividends and from capital gain or loss and a lot of people don't take put the both together so your total return is when you add your dividends your, your franking credits that we talked about your capital gain or loss together and you take off any cost you've got that's your total return so you can have your gross return, which is less the cost, which you don't have the cost in it, or after cost. Uh, but your total return is adding everything together, and that's your return, because obviously, your know, dividend is part of your return. So I'll leave that with you in this, and hopefully you've enjoyed this series. And um, as always, if there's anything you want us to cover, please let us know and, and send some emails through to info at uh, um, there's also you know, for people you're listening to these podcasts. If you want to go to our blog, there's articles on there. There's all sorts of things um, for free on our websites. But uh, as I said, uh, I'm going to move on now to being maybe a little bit more hints and tips about um, you know how to set up a portfolio and do a few other things. But I'll leave this with you. I um, hope you enjoyed today's podcast, and I look forward to chatting with you next time. You've been listening to Talking Wealth, and I'm Dale Gillam, the chief analyst here at Wealth Within. Talking Wealth was brought to you by Wealth Within. To learn how you too can maximise your investment returns, call 1300-SHARE-TRADE.